Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have no idea why Donald Trump agreed to an interview with Bob Woodward. Note that I am not saying that he said anything wrong in the interview with Bob Woodward. We're going to go through it bit by bit and piece by piece. However, the top line remains, and while I am a guy who is a conservative and have been very pleased that Donald Trump has governed in a conservative way, that that's been the thing that has most attached to him. Remember, Donald Trump is not a conservative. Donald Trump is a practitioner of Trumpism. The first rules of Trumpism, there are two rules. The first rule is Trump wins. The second rule is that a deal can always be made as long as it adheres to the first rule of Trumpism. That first rule being Trump wins. That's not anti-Trump, people. Not in the slightest. That is a recognition of the situation in front of us. That is the conversation. And the one no one is having with all of the madness going on over President Trump's interview with Bob Woodward. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I am fully aware of what's going on. I am fully aware of my desires. I am fully aware of how this does not move the needle, and I can tell you why. But let's get back to the two things at play. What did Donald Trump say in this interview, and why did he do it to begin with? He was wrong to do it to begin with. He was wrong to do it. He was wrong to do it because there was no way it was going to end well. I am not suggesting that we shouldn't know maybe some of his thinking regarding coronavirus and conversations with America. It's not that I need that stuff hidden, don't you know? It is that anytime you open yourself up to these kinds of interviews, you open yourself up to disaster. He talks enough. He doesn't need this. Bob Woodward is not your friend. Was the president thinking he was going to tame Bob Woodward? He was going to be able to, you know, outsmart him? What are you doing? They don't need to be. It's not about outsmarting them. The people who hate you are going to say anything about you. Have you noticed that CNN and MSNBC have been having Michael Cohen on their shows like it's a religion? Like they just found the new deity. All of a sudden, he's Brian. That was a Monty Python reference and a pretty dang good one, if you ask me. It's Michael Cohen. You can't trust this guy as far as you can throw him. Now Rachel Maddow is going to do the deep interview with him and we should all believe him? Stop talking. You embarrass yourselves, which is the only thing that can happen in an interview with Bob Woodward. But what got said that has everybody crazy? Let's break it down. First, February 7th, 2020, Donald Trump speaking to Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward asking the question right here. And so what was uh, President Xi saying yesterday? Well, we were talking mostly about the uh, the virus, and I think he's going to have it in good shape, but, you know, it's a very tricky situation. It's, uh, it, indeed it, goes, it, it goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. You know, people don't realize we lose 25,000, 30,000 people a year here. Who, who would ever think that, right? I know. It's I mean, it's pretty forgotten. amazing. And uh, then I say, well, is that the same thing? For, this is uh, more president. deadly. This is five per... You know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. 
That's the president talking about coronavirus, talking about that 5% number, uh, you know, 1% uh, 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 from the flu, numbers that we discussed at the time as we started learning more and more about it. Now, if you listen carefully, you know that I've said a couple things on coronavirus in, in the last six, seven months. And one of those things is the FDA failed, the CDC failed, the federal government failed. We didn't have it, have it together. We didn't have it together. That's not to say you could have stopped everything. It is a virus. These things do happen. But no, I, I make the argument quite clearly. If you tell me that the national stockpile of whether it was ventilators or and you can't really do one on ventilators, right? These are delicate pieces of equipment, but uh, masks and gowns, things like that, wasn't up to snuff and was reduced because of the Obama days of Ebola and H1N1. You were president for three years, bring the thing back up to the proper level. But when the CDC turns to the FDA and says, okay, let's do the testing, and they put all their eggs in one testing basket, and the test doesn't work, and it took months to get rid of the red tape to allow private labs to be able to get into the game, welcome to the world of government. It's why I don't rely on it. But this is what the president said, and oh, people are up in arms. Up in arms. He knew it was deadly and didn't tell us? I don't think that's what happened. You mean he didn't go right to a news camera and say, this disease is deadly, my gosh! You mean he didn't do that? You should be having flashbacks to President George Bush learning about the attack on the towers when he was in the classroom in Florida. And the people who got outraged that he sat there for seven minutes. Oh, the outrage. He made a decision not to scare those kids and not to scare anybody else, to take in the information. Now, me, I would have maybe sat for a little bit and said, hey, kids, can you excuse me for a moment? And then I would have excused myself. That would have been me. But George Bush chose his way to do it. Donald Trump chose his. Now, you can disagree with the president in the way he chose his way. But you cannot, or you should not, make the inane and fully asinine argument that he caused the death of 200,000 people, which is what I'm getting on Twitter, at Tony Katz. I'm telling you, it's a treat. Dumpster fire is Twitter. And then producer Ariel tell me, well, why do you get involved with people? Every now and then I tweet something and then I catch a moron or two. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really great content for me to use on the show. And I do. And that's why I do it. You can disagree with the president not relaying that message. Or you can agree that, you know, I don't think I would have relayed that message with uh, that either. I I, I wouldn't want to have uh, frightened people. I wouldn't want to have scared people. This led to a second conversation between the president and Bob Woodward, March 19th, 2020. Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob. Just today and, and yesterday, some startling facts came out. It's not just old, older yeah, exactly. young people to plenty of young people. So give me a moment of talking to somebody, going through this with Fauci or somebody who kind of uh, it 
caused a pivot in your mind because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to oh my god the gravity is uh, almost inexplicable and unexplainable well I think Bob really to be honest with you sure I want you to I be. wanted to uh, I wanted to always play it down I still like playing it down yes sir. because I don't want to create a panic so there you get his rationale he didn't want to yell and scream and jump up and down and say oh my goodness gracious he didn't want any part of that and as a matter of fact that's exactly what he said to Jim Acosta on March 30th, 2020, when being asked one of Jim Acosta's world-class nonsense questions. Sir, uh, what do you say to Americans who are upset with you over the way you downplayed this crisis over the last couple of months? Uh, we have it very much under control in this country. The coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. It's going to disappear. It's like a miracle. It will disappear. At March 4th, uh, we have a very small number of people in this country infected. March 10th, we're prepared. We're doing a great job with it. It will go away. Just stay calm. It will go away. What do you well, say to Americans who believe that you got this wrong? And I do want them to stay calm. And we are doing a great job. If you look at those individual statements, they're all true. Stay calm. Uh, it will go away. You know it. You know it is going away. And it will go away. And we're going to have a great victory. And it's people like you and CNN that say things like that, that uh, it's why people just don't want to listen to CNN anymore. You could ask. Now, you can argue that the president was wrong about it It was just going to go away. And you can argue that that was wishful thinking. I remember when people were upset, the president said we're going to be open by Easter. Didn't happen. You're right. It didn't happen because the science wasn't there. And he listened to the science. He listened to the science every which way you turn. You notice uh, that there was this conversation about Dr. Fauci. Well, what does Dr. Fauci have to say about whether or not the president was misleading people? And the president. But was it your sense that this was very serious, but that the public messaging was a little bit different? Um, you know, John, I, I really am hesitant to, con- to to comment on that because I don't know in what context we're asking that question. I mean, obviously, uh, when we would be speaking to the president, we talk about the cold facts. He would get them. You know, often he, he would want to, you know, make sure that the country doesn't get down and out about things. But I don't recall anything that was any gross distortion in things that I spoke to him about. Well, my support supposed to listen to Dr. Fauci or not? Am I supposed to believe him or not? I find that the media wants to utilize Dr. Fauci right up until the moment that Dr. Fauci is of no use to them. And then they'll dismiss him. What are we supposed to take from this information? I'll give you a few things. Number one, the president was very much convinced that his job And his take was, don't cause a panic. Americans can agree or disagree with that take, and that is fine. That is fine. People can agree or disagree. However, it is quite a bit madness when I hear things like, it's hard to fathom why otherwise intelligent people, this was a tweet I got, like you, meaning me, tolerate this type of deception. 
What was the deception? Tell me exactly what the deception was based on the audio that we have. That he was discussing this 5% number that scientists were clearly telling him? A number that we had discussed on air that wasn't new to anybody. That it wasn't the flu. We actually broke down how it wasn't the flu and it was indeed different. And people shouldn't think of it as, oh, just the flu. Even though Dr. Anthony Fauci in the beginning said it was just like the flu. Do we forget so easily of all the people who were downplaying things? We should not forget so easily it's a really 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 bad idea check out this bit of montage if you don't mind risk to new yorkers for coronavirus is low and our city preparedness is high this should not stop you from going about your life should not stop you from going to chinatown and going out to eat i'm going to do that today myself come to chinatown here we are we're again careful safe and come join us you had Bill de Blasio, Speaker Pelosi, the health commissioner of New York, all saying, come on down, come on out, no big deal. Who is downplaying what? You don't like that one? Well, that that's okay. Luckily, we've got this one right here. Deal. There's an important context we need to keep this in, and that is that the flu is more deadly. Maybe this is a good opportunity to remind people of that. Such a good reminder. And while there's a lot of fear over this coronavirus, you know, the flu is already widespread in the U.S. and and it really is much more deadly, is it not? Coronavirus is not going to cause a major issue in the United States. We're going to have 40 to 60,000 deaths this year in the United States from the influenza, and it's preventable. And there are only 12 confirmed cases of coronavirus here in the state. The risk is low. The risk, however, for the flu is through the roof. Health warning from doctors why they say people should be more worried about the flu than the we can do this for forever the idea that this is now a big story is nonsense it is made up it is throwing it out there to try and help biden try and hurt donald trump however people like me ask what the hell is donald trump doing this interview for is he out of his mind and some people might be saying hmm this is going to change my vote I argue that that number is about three. Not 3%, three people. In the conversation, and you're going to get asked this, and I want to help. You're going to get asked, how can you vote for Donald Trump when he lied? First, he didn't lie. It's garbage. Pay no attention. But here's how it's going to work. Here's how you're going to vote for Donald Trump. You think that the president should have been more forthcoming. I argue that he was forthcoming, but he didn't want to engage panic. That is a that is a decision he made, and you can then agree or disagree with that. But if you ask why I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, the answer is very, very simple. I've seen what the other side wants to do, and that's scarier than coronavirus. You tell me that Donald Trump is responsible for the death of 200,000 people in America. That is an ignorant statement, by the way. It's an ignorant statement. It's like Lawrence Tribe, uh, the, uh, the law professor. He was actually Ted Cruz's law professor. 
Uh, you know, quoting Trump saying, I'm the leader of the country. I can't be jumping up and down and scaring people. Trump told Sean Hannity. He was on with Hannity last night on Fox News. I don't want to scare people. And I, I want people not to panic. That's exactly what I did. And then Lawrence Tribe says this from the guy who screams about carnage in the suburbs. Some leader. That's an ignorant statement. Because there is carnage in the suburbs. There is carnage in the cities. You think carnage is a strong word? Well, that could be chalked up to hyperbole if you choose. Or you could take a look at what's happening. Don't deny facts. And when it comes to coronavirus, we had them and they changed repeatedly. The problem with the virus is that they change repeatedly. The problem with a riot is that the destruction is the destruction and the dead people are the dead people. And it can't be denied. You think Donald Trump is destruction? What happens if Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez get their way? I'm way more afraid of that. I'm actually afraid of that. I am afraid of that for my kids. The socialism, nay communism, nay Marxism of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. I am more afraid of that for my kids than coronavirus any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And someone may call me ridiculous, but what does that person matter? They can vote the way they choose. The reason it does that none of this, this latest with Bob Woodward, the reason it doesn't move anybody is because they're focused on the thing in front of them, too. They don't want coronavirus. They recognize that China failed on an epic level. They can even recognize that the United States didn't have it all together. And shame on us. Now you want me to leave it in the hands of people who could not have done a better job and won't even recognize riots. This was Joe Biden just yesterday. And what makes his wild claims and hopes, he now hopes we don't notice what he said or won't remember. And when he does follow through or doesn't do, would follow through the exact opposite. Well, I'm sold. I can't vote for that. I can't go vote for, for a guy who absolutely will ban fracking and absolutely will go about trying to dismantle the Second Amendment and will absolutely kowtow to these socialist groups and absolutely believes in the bigotry of anti-racism training and critical race theory. I can't have this. It's not good for America. I can't vote for a guy who will absolutely not stand up to China. Can't do it. Your argument, not you, their argument, their, let's call it their argument, their argument is that Trump should have been more forthcoming. Okay. Trump's argument is, I didn't want to panic anybody. And you could agree and disagree about that, the whole thing. But it isn't enough to set an election because there are a lot of issues at play. And the big one is, what country will you have? Does it matter what virus is going around the nation if there is no nation? This moves people. This is what some people who right now are talking and screaming and yelling in social media and on your television sets, they can't figure it out. They can't figure out that we are a multifaceted set and they can't figure out that we could say, man, Trump should have been much more forthcoming. But you let Joe Biden be in charge. You're letting Kamala Harris be in charge, which means you're letting Bernie Sanders be in charge. And that's a bad deal for everybody. We are not just a one-issue nation. I think that's true. And I have discussed that this is a law and order election and an economic election. That much is absolutely true. But there are other things at play. And one of the things at play is fear. I think fear is always at play. 
right? Uh, if you tell me Donald Trump is always fear-mongering, I will tell you I've never felt it. But everything that Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez says about the Green New Deal scares the death out of me. A terrible, awful idea that will destroy the lives of my children and yours, regardless of the color of their skin, scares me to no end. Donald Trump talking about caravans of people coming uh, through Mexico to try and get into the United States. That's actually what was happening. He gave me the information. And now you're telling me that that's fear mongering. It was fear mongering when he talked about the caravans coming up. And yet he doesn't do it about coronavirus. And now he was wrong, too. Damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Have your opinion on whether or not he should have told you more or told you less or he shouldn't have worried about scaring you. Have your opinion about whether or not he should have done the dang interview with Bob Woodward. I certainly do. But none of this moves an election. You want to call Donald Trump a fear monger, you're more than welcome to. For far more people, it certainly seems... The fear of Democrats not recognizing riots, not recognizing the Marxists, standing with them, proudly hating on police. Never mind the inability to stand up to China, the inability to recognize an economic recovery and how to get one done. That scares people even more. That's my take on Trump and the book. I'm Tony Katz.